This episode of Mind Gap Podcast is brought to you by Uncle Todd's Venomous Reptile Sleepaway Camp. Now, you remember when Sleepaway Camp was some cool shit? You know what else is cool? Reptiles. Even cooler? Venomous reptiles. You can't argue that. A snake that'll make your arm explode with one bite? Come on. A lizard that spits acid? Come on! At Uncle Todd's Venomous Reptiles Sleepaway Camp, you'll learn about the wonderful and exciting world of venomous reptiles. You'll come face-to-face with the world's most dangerous cold-blooded creatures. Do I have my degree in herpetology, you might ask? Not technically, but what does a degree get you that good old-fashioned inquisitiveness can't? While you ponder that, head on over to UncleToddDeathLizards.net to reserve your spot this summer. Enter the code MINDGAP at checkout, and you won't be required to sign a waiver before setting foot in our property. Uncle Todd's Venomous Reptiles Sleepaway Camp. The only thing greater than... Huh? Todd, broke the tank. What? They broke the fucking tank. What do you mean they broke the tank? Well, how many got out? All of them. All of them. Oh, hell. Hey, dorks. Just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes, and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Welcome to the podcast, dear friend. On this week's episode, Justin and I are joined by an excellent human known as Matty Goldberg. He is a retired stand-up comedian who has recently started his own podcast called Last Words with Matty Goldberg. We talked about how he came up with the idea for his podcast, he shared some comedy stories, and he gave some insight into his plans for becoming a master of poker. He was funny, thoughtful, and incredibly kind. So get comfortable, grab a pen, and get ready to take some notes for once in your life because Matty Goldberg has some great insight to share in episode 248 of Mind Gap Podcast. Mind Gap Podcast. We have a very special guest with us tonight, uh, but before we get started, a couple of things. First of all, if you're new here, uh, welcome. Uh, we do our Twitch streams every Tuesday night and Saturday night. Uh, Tuesday nights is our podcast recording. Saturday nights is our video game stream, so be sure to tune to that. We'll talk about that more later, but I want to get to our guest here, uh, coming all the way from Los Angeles, a uh, very awesome human being who just recently started his own podcast called Last Words. Uh, welcome. Uh, come on board for us, Mr. Matty Goldberg. Welcome, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Great to be here. Just met you guys two minutes ago. So. <laughs> crash course of getting to know you guys. But I, now I learned Saturday you have a video game Twitch. That's right. Look at that. You guys said you were nerds. And I didn't believe it. But <laughs> We don't lie about being nerds, that's for sure. Yeah, We're very much yeah. nerds. So At least we've made uh, honest men of ourselves. <laughs> that's how you got to be, man. That's the way you got to embrace it. <laughs> well, thanks so much for hopping on here and chat with us. Um, of course. I just, uh, you know, we have a, a mutual friend who uh, mentioned to me that you have a new podcast starting uh, yeah. called Last Words. Uh, tell me, tell us a little bit about that. What, How it came okay. to be and what you're doing with it. 
right. Well, I'm a stand-up comic, or I'm, I'm. I think I might. I think you know, like Corona just took Pier Twenty One out today. <laughs> it I did. heard about that. Yeah, yeah, they're done. My wife is is so upset by that. Every wife is. Take <laughs> <laughs> a number. Um, well, I think Corona might have taken my comedy career away because I just I don't know when this is over. I'll have the. Uh, I don't know if it's in my heart to do it anymore. Stand up comedy. I'm decent at it, and but I. You know, you want to stay creative. Like you guys are lucky because you can do this through the the you know you probably the same format. And I started calling people I went to high school with, people I went to college with, and it was almost like we were saying goodbye to each other because it's like the beginning of the whole thing. And we were having some really heavy talks about like, remember that time you fucked me over? Can I curse? Right? I can curse. Of course, oh, absolutely. Good like, question. You know, like, <laughs> Remember in eighth grade, you fucking, I had a crush on Becky and you asked her out, you know, and you were, you know, like we're working all that shit out. So I thought it would be a fun idea if like I hit people up, friends, foes, and we have one kind of last conversation as if we'll never see each other again. And that kind of like, I was like, that would be kind of a fun idea because I'm having these incredible conversations with people I haven't talked to in like 10, 15 years. And I'm learning a lot. Uh, The last episode... I had a dude that was a very good friend of mine in elementary school. And then in high school, he got really popular and I became a nerd like you guys. <laughs> and like, you know, he wouldn't take me to the cool parties. And he would, I think one time he like teased me with other kids, like the cool kids, you know, it was kind of like that movie, Can't Buy Me Love. Mm-hmm. Like, you shit on my house. You know? <laughs> greatest, greatest movie scene of all time. <laughs> Uh, so I'm having these moments of people and, and I've, I've done three, three of them so far. So, uh, it's called last words. So it's kind of like our last conversation. So that's, it's, it's gotta be a cathartic experience for you too to, to get some of the, especially if some of this has been like buried for years absolutely. and years and just being like, well, look, if this is the last chance we got, let's well, take yeah. it. Swing it. And yeah. and the thing I learned with the kid that I, in high school that I was like, he never knew that I like resented him. You know, he was unaware of that. So I was like, you, you should have, you know, like you should have taken me to these parties. Like you, you got cool and you just like broke away from me and that hurt me. And what I learned at the end, and this is me self-reflecting was wait a minute. He, he was trying to figure shit out too. You know, like he was going through his own shit and I realize now, like, that resentment's gone not because he had to apologize, but because I was maybe being a little unfair to him. So there's a little self-growing. I mean, I'm a goofy guy, but I like to be some have some sort of little depth yeah. to me. So I thought that was interesting. And that's what, like, it's almost like in high school when you have a hypothesis in science class and <laughs> this if this happens, this you think this will happen, but you don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. these conversations are getting good i'm trying to find uh ex-girlfriends to come on nice they're very they're the ones that are like super reluctant you know you can change your name but i really want to have like where we went wrong what happened what they thought of me like you know stuff like that you're you're doing what i think so many people (laughs) wish they could do in their lives like there's so many people i'm sure Wish could just bring an ex on or the people that you, you know, had a beef with in high school or a presumed beef 
even because I'm thinking back to like my high school career. Right. Yeah. And there are people who like I was like, you made my life a living hell. Yeah. And then as an adult now, I'm thinking back on how I treated some kids in high school. And I'm like, fuck, I was an asshole to some yeah. kids. That's the and hardest one to swallow. Dog. Yeah. And yep. So like this would be such a on so many levels, it would be such a great thing to do, mm. you know? Yeah, I'm yeah, I, I'm impressed. For a second. I'm, oh, that's I might have to switch to my phone, guys, because okay. I have a crappy computer. But we'll keep talking. But I'm gonna download uh, Skype while we're talking. Okay, no worries. <laughs> Just in case. But yeah, it, it's also like yeah, there was a moment where the guy did say that he's like, "Look, you were no angel." <laughs> I, like, I go, yeah, you're right. I did. I yeah. gotta be honest. There were a few times I was a total. Like, if I look at my behavior, I was not, there's things I'm not proud of, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, I think I'm it, sure you have stories of high school that you would, uh, that you would wish you could go back and redo. Well, I think that it, what's so cool about this, Maddie, is that you're able to go back and look at it and be like, oh, right. He was going through something similar like I was, and yeah. I just wasn't in the mindset to understand it because a lot of times, of course, we're the hero in our own story, right? Like we're always, we're never like, we're I'm never the villain, seen. you know, like no one, <laughs> no one's yeah, like, yeah. about us is we never, people don't like taking the L. They don't like taking the L and just looking inside themselves and like, well, maybe I was a dick or maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm a little tough on somebody when I'm at fault and yeah, you're right. That's awesome. Got a couple people in Twitch here. Uh, Water Speech says the first three episodes have been hilarious. So there you go. Oh, and, congrats. <laughs> and then uh, Duffy's 91 says, same. Tonight, 10 years ago, I was graduating. Tons of memories. Would be nice to go back and try to mend bridges. Well, you got a 10-year reunion, buddy, coming up. Uh, you know, like, it will happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think. That that takes a whole nother too to like do that in person in at a place like that. Cause you've got, Woo! you're doing these remotely, right? So you don't have to be in the same room. If you were in the same room with the people, do you think you could do the same, oh, the same yeah. thing? <laughs> that's, oh, that's, fuck, that's yeah. New York coming out right there. Like, oh, fuck I, yeah. I got my revenge at high school. I, I mean, high school reunion. I got my revenge. I, you know, I'm not a good looking dude. I'm five, five. But I was doing very well in comedy in New York City, and girls obviously are attracted. You know, I got into it for girls mainly. And uh, I had this very beautiful girlfriend at the time. And, like, you're damn right I was going to, like, have her as my little trophy, walk around, <laughs> Maddie the little nerd, coming back. And they're like, why don't you do a little comedy? And I'm like, sure. But I instead I just, I just started roasting people, like, really hard. And... I think this oh. girl said, I heard a girl say, not somebody said, she said to somebody, she's like, God, I'm so glad I was nice to him in high school. <laughs> Dude, so, how did that feel? How did that feel in that moment? It was an incredible feeling. But at oh. the time, I, I got to be honest, you know, that was a few years ago and I've grown up a lot and I'm not, I don't want to do shit out of revenge. Sure. You know, like I don't want to do stuff out of revenge and that was purely like venom. Yeah. Like, I felt absolute venom that night. And then after that, I was like, you know, like, let it go, man. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, so. that's 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 a moment most people dream of, or that's like a cinematic movie moment too, where you're yeah. like, oh yeah, this is the time I'm gonna dunk on these bastards. I'm gonna show them who's boss. But I I I, exactly. I know as soon as you said it was out of vengeance, you know, it's it but, was it was yeah. pure Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Making up stories, except these were real. You're like, I'm going to dunk on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they could have been a little like, of course, my my feeling of being hurt could have been exaggerated. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was pure venom. Wow. Well, it's also, again, it shows, you know, growth on your part to be like, yeah, I guess in the moment it was cool, but it was did not come from a good place. And no, uh, yeah. <laughs> lousy place. It really did. <laughs> I think also having the having those memories, uh, there was I was watching someone give a, t- a speech about how when you give uh, something happens and the first time you recount it, it's, you know, a little long winded and it's a little boring. The second time, maybe you embellish a little bit and then yeah, it becomes yeah. a more interesting story. The third time, it's even more. And yeah. by the fourth or fifth time, it's not even the thing that happened to you because you want this to be interesting. So same with these memories in high school. You probably have one way that you're like, oh, this is how it was in high school. But that's, you know, 20 years worth of of retelling this to yourself in your head, you know? Well, here's the thing. Like, there are things I still remember. I mean, I, w- I sound kind of somewhat maybe intelligent, I guess, but I wasn't a good student. I remember before taking the SATs, they said, like, no cheating. And this kid goes, yeah, I'm going to cheat on Matt being like sarcastic like i'm the dumbest kid like why and i heard like a few people chuckle so right before i'm about to take this really intense test i feel like shit now that kid that said that to me probably never remembers it probably forgot about it saying it like two minutes later but we're like 20 years later i'm still like that (laughs) like it still stinks yeah and it wasn't embellished but to somebody, it's like, yeah, whatever. I don't even remember saying that. Like, I have no problem with you. I thought you were smart. I just made a little joke there. But right. to, to me, or to people that are, like, super crazy competitive, it's like, ah, oh, fucking blood guts. <laughs> no, I, th- those are the things that I, I worry that I've done or said because I think yeah. about those same things. I'm like, how many of those comments have I made? How many of those things that I've done for the sake of a joke or, Hey man, I was just giving you a hard time. But I was like, how many people did I not only ruin their day, but I left a horrible, horrible oh. impression with, you know, and I'm sure and they're I'm like, fuck that guy, you know? Yeah. And I'm certainly not this. And I'm, I'm sure there's people I became friends with later that I was like, look, I was a dick to you in elementary school, you know? Right. And usually they're cool about it. They're like, dude, I don't remember, so it's okay, but I'm sure they do. Yeah. I mean, Doug, I know what you're basically worried about is the plot line for most comic books is that how many villains have I created for myself down the road that are going to come back and exact vengeance on me and my family? Yeah, I mean, there's I'm so sure many things. Gone there. So many things I don't remember, and then, like, uh, someone would be like, hey, you remember when you did this? I go, oh, my God, I did that. They're like, yeah, and I'm like, God damn it, I was an asshole. I'm so sorry. Like, I, yeah. when people reference stuff from high school, yeah. I'm like, yeah, let me just go ahead and apologize. They're like, no, it wasn't bad. I'm like, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Because yeah. I was, everyone, like, was the butt of the joke, you know? And, you know, sure. I, not, yeah, it, yeah. I, I look back at that, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> it's funny we got it's only only until we get older that we realize that kind of to your point Maddie, is that everyone's going through or maybe Doug said everyone's 
everyone's probably going through the same exact shit. And yeah. in high school, no one realizes that. Everyone's just like, this is this is my struggle. I'm going through this. It's only me. Exactly. And to kind of bring it back around, I, that's why I find your podcast so fascinating is because we're in that moment now where we're all going through the same thing. We're all in this situation. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Some are more, yeah. it's comfortable for more people than others. Like me, I, I'm like, cool. I can yeah. be in my house, in my room. No problem. Sure. Like my There's job. No yeah, no pressure. Like I'm not like you know you you're a comedian. I, I've heard so many podcasts and comedians where they're just like, oh my god, when can I go back? I've heard guys just saying I'm like, fine. what would you do to get back out? The guys like, I'd eat my own shit. I'd yeah. I you know whatever you know I'd fuck my mom. Whatever it takes. Like they were just like, I need to be out there on the road right now because a Absolutely. lot of them you know uh, sounds like a lot like you. Like they they're doing pretty well, right? They've they've got well, it in the groove. Started, you know? I definitely. You know, comedy was a, you know, it was a, a compulsion. It was an addiction. And I had to do it every night as many times as I could. Yeah. And then, you know, after years, 15 years, it's like, all right, I, it's a good rest. But I understand a young comic must be flipping out because when you're in the trenches and you're addicted to it and you need the attention, the validation, and I certainly needed it, it's, it's like, it's it's like not being able to have be in water, you know, or be a fish out of water, not being able to breathe. It's it's like taking a giant chunk of your life apart away. And I know everybody's going through stuff. It's just a really weird time because it's like some people are really going through stuff, deaths. Then like people are losing their 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 jobs and and their businesses, and then like people are losing their freedom. So there's like different levels. And I just want to be like respectful to all those levels for the most part because yeah. I know everybody's going through heavy shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I, there's the people that are, I'll, I'll just say the people that are working, of course, like that are doing, you know, the nurses and the doctors and the people working at grocery stores. Like they're just like, you know, they're the heroes of this. And hopefully we won't forget about them when this ends. Oh, absolutely. Doug and I have talked about that that a few times is that we're we're this is such a unique point in humanity where we get to kind of reassess what we've been doing and how we've been doing it and how we can be better and i i i do worry that a lot of people are just gonna completely you know things start to go back to normal and people are like uh whatever we will that was great but we need to get back to this other thing and we're gonna kind of forget all the shit that we went through and all the lessons we presumably learned well, the, less, the, the best metaphor analogy for this is, and I use I tell this to everybody, it's the breakfast club. There's a scene in the breakfast club where they all say at the end of the movie, they have these really incredible talks to these people in high school, get back together, they have nothing in common. They go, well, when, when Monday comes, are we going to be friends? Like, are we going to say hi to each other in the hallway? Yeah. And they all, some say yes, some say no, but you know they're not. Right. And and this is the same thing. We will exactly go back to like, you know, the, the, the same way we've always been. And that's how we are. We like we take things for granted and we say we're going to appreciate certain people's more. And then, you know, yeah. it doesn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it, I, it's been a weird thing. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I was outside of the actual pandemic itself, like the everything that it has caused from a suffering level, 100 percent like that's withheld from this statement but 
the there have been elements of it that I have actually like the element of the quarantine and having to reevaluate like how we consume media and how we do other things. There's elements of it that I feel like I am gonna miss when things start to go back to normal. Have you guys had that thought at all? Absolutely. <laughs> Thank God. I thought I was weird for a second. So here's the thing. Like with Zoom, like say if there's like I live on the east side of Los Angeles and Venice and Santa Monica's on the west side. So there's like friends I have out there and they're like, hey, Saturday night, come have a drink. I might say, yeah. And then like two hours before, I'm like, eh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. So I know. And then they get mad. So now I can hit like three different groups of friends up in one night and I don't have to leave my fucking house. And That's it's beautiful. Awesome. So it's like, okay, now I can have a drink with these guys, hang out. And like I can leave and go with these guys, and I'm like, you know, you're in your pajamas or shorts or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and and it's, I think a lot of businesses will realize like, hey, we don't have to, you know, fuck traffic up, and people can work from home. They're actually getting more work done. Uh, I think it will, you know, I'm not saying this was for any benefit of anything. I'm not one of those idiots that's like, oh, the earth needed to heal, and the earth. You know, <laughs> It's just like we, you know, sometimes when shit happens, it's like, okay, we realize like things are more efficient different ways. Yeah. Duffy's 91 says no DUIs. So, you know, that's got to be a sure good thing, right? <laughs> well, no, well, here's the thing, though. I have a buddy who lives in way upstate New York. This is crazy. So his town, they've decided, they've decided to open up like certain areas of New York and his town they haven't. And it's a terrible drinking town. So now, like, you got to go, like, 30 minutes to go to a bar. And you're going to bet damn well that every motherfucker in that town that loves going to bars mm. is going to drive there. And then they're going to be like, well, I've been stuck at home for two months. I don't give a fuck. Right. I'm a little worried. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. yeah. As things open up, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've seen headlines like Wisconsin opened up some bars yep. and stuff. And people were just like... Like they couldn't, yeah. I think in, uh, in Ohio in some spots, you know, yeah. they've had some patio spots open and people have just been like, they freaking couldn't wait out. to get out there. They're freaking out. And, and me, I'm a hermit. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my element, person. you know? So people I are like, it's my- open. I'm like, ah, I'm good. I'm fine where I am. Like, this is the best for me. Cause like on Saturday nights, I'm like, we should do video games because you all are home. I know you are. So play games with me. So I know you're not out doing shit. So come play games with me. So like for me, you know, selfishly, I'm like, yay, I can have people to play oh, games I, with. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a video game guy, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't like going out. So I, I think <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with both you guys on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, the other thing with uh, that I've laughed at recently is some of these protests that have been going on. The, the best one that I saw, and it could only happen in Florida. Yep. Is that a bunch of Floridians uh, were in front of the courthouse protesting? Uh, they wanted their gyms back open. Yeah, they were I protesting. Saw that. You saw that, and they yeah. were outside doing sit-ups and push-ups and crunches <laughs> and stuff to protest. And I'm like, you guys are completely stepping on your fucking point. And it's that kind of stuff I've loved seeing. Just like draw, draw the insanity of humanity out, so we can see where these people live. I I always though like it is insane. But I will say this: I have a buddy who's a gym guy, and I don't. I'm not into the gym. I've never. I've never been to the gym in my life. So he was. He's gonna move to Ohio from New York because the gyms are open there. <laughs> that's commitment. You know what though? So, that's some cow. commitment right there. That's that's a guy 
Who yeah. wants to work out? Kudos to some degree. So like you go to that, you're like, I don't get the gym, but maybe the, these guys, it, it means that much. I don't know. I mean, but I don't get it. But it, I don't. I have weird tastes. So, I, I, I mean, uh, one could argue that this individual sounds like they have weird taste as well. Well, I guess there's this deep obsession with the gym. I mean, I. I would just assume that you could, uh, you know, maybe put some weights in your your basement and put some tunes on and and do it. But I think, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know much about it. I haven't really studied it or talked to enough people that go to the gym because there must be some sort of weird social thing there. Yeah, yeah. like you got, you're like, well, that guy over there's lifting three fifty. I'm gonna lift three seventy five and, right. and show him up. I don't know. Yeah, man. I kinda like the cult of CrossFit. I mean, I feel like you just look at any CrossFit person, you see like that's that like undying commitment to the cause. Yeah. yeah. Like in, in my neighborhood we have a I think it's a CrossFit place. I don't even know. But they have no they have no they they like have a garage door. Yeah, that's so, a CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if is it maybe it's like it's not CrossFit if people can't watch your like perfect body. <laughs> the only idea because most businesses have walls and and shit and they don't and it's like well you gotta look at us that's the why we're doing this. <laughs> I think I don't know. I don't really get it. That's hilarious. Too good hip says that uh, move from New York to Ohio is either commitment or psychotic. <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit of both. <laughs> And Slotty Barfast says the antisocial shall inherit the earth, which, you know, yeah, doing all right so far, I'd say. <laughs> I should tell you how I met your buddy. Yeah, tell me. Oh, How'd yeah, you meet my buddy? Story? How'd you meet yeah, my well, mutual, our mutual yeah. acquaintance? <laughs> yeah, so his name is Tony. So I never mm-hmm. met him. I got a, so I, I've been doing stand up for a while and I got a message from a dude uh, named Jay Schultz. And he's like, hey, I got a gig for you. My buddy's having a bachelor party. I hope I didn't fuck things up right now that you weren't invited or anything. No, I I live. A, a, he did invite me to the wedding and stuff like that, so it's totally fine. <laughs> I, I was like, oh shit, that's no, totally fine, totally fine. Okay, okay. So he's like, would you like to perform at the bachelor party? And I'm like, yeah. So uh, he's like, we're gonna have a couple uh, burlesque dancers. By the way, the most overrated shit in the world. <laughs> nonsense. Why? And why are they nonsense? <laughs> I just don't like. I don't know. I I don't find it. It just doesn't do it for me. And then when I met the girls, it definitely didn't do it for me. <laughs> oh, wait. They, out. they just like they did it. They did their little thing. They took the money and they split. Wait, what did you expect them to do? Hang out and be like, well, talk I to did. you about? The- <laughs> I I hung out. They got me to hang out instead. <laughs> I became friends with Tony. So the burlesque dancers went up and I was terrified because, you know, you guys are dudes like uh, you're married. uh, um, Are both you guys married or just? Yeah, we're both married. Okay, so you're both married. And uh, I don't know what your bachelor parties were like, but I've been the ones where like you're at the the grossest strip club in (laughs) Vegas and on the highway at three in the morning walking. (laughs) And then I've been one where you like go like to the, you know, like to like a cabin and you know, drink wine and shit like that, you know? And I didn't know what to expect. Like, are these guys going to heckle me? Are they going to, like, be dicks? Are they going to let me do my jokes? Like, I was terrified. I just knew I was going to get paid. That's all I knew. (laughs) Like, Jay was like, even if you bomb, we'll pay you. So 
it was him and like 10 of his friends and they were all really lovely and really great. I, I did like 15, 20 minutes. They were awesome. And then I just started talking to him and then through the power of Instagram, you know, we uh, stayed in touch. So I'm in touch with like him and uh, I think his brother Maxwell and a couple other cool guys I met from that crew. That's so awesome. Yeah, I never knew that story. That's so cool. That's a really great uh, meat story. I love that. It's a great meat story. And it's like I always like joke around with them. It's like, did none of the burlesque dancers talk to any of the guys? But I did. (laughs) I mean, they couldn't have been out faster. And I know like that it's it's probably an amazing life because I don't know how much they got paid that night. Maybe 300, 400. But they had like three more gigs to do that night, you know? Jesus. Yeah, so, so they're like, they're out of work too, I guess. I just, Doug, we, I, I gotta we went get into the wrong business, man. Oh, hey, yeah. man, it's never too late to start. We, hey, That's Twitch, true. we got a Twitch stream right here, my friend. I mean, oh my god, why have we never thought of this? It's no nudity. Yeah. It's just put pasties on my nipples and I'll dance to Rammstein, and that should be doing it, right? That's what they do. <laughs> no, not definitely not Rammstein. It's more like oh, um, then I haven't seen burlesque. Then I've seen something yeah, different. Burlesque is you're thinking of like straight up strip club shit, but uh. They do more of like a artistic, like a flappers, 1940s, 1930s dress. And then they have like long, like this crazy lingerie that's not really that sexy. <laughs> and, you know, it's more like the like vaudeville stuff where they, yeah. you know, they're wearing a lot of layers and they slowly dance and they take it off. It's not that it's not that good. <laughs> I, I have to I have gone to one burlesque show that I didn't I wasn't expecting. Uh, exactly. Uh, at one point, um, I was, I was a music investigator and, oh, okay. You're part of it. (laughs) I'm part of the problem. I, uh, script. (laughs) It's just as sexy as it sounds, by the way. Yeah. I, I would essentially go to clubs and bars and, uh, and whatnot. Anyone who hasn't paid a music license and I would essentially, be a patron for four hours. I'd scope out the place. I'd write down all the music that was being played. And wow. then I would basically report back to the guys and be like, Hey, we have proof that you guys are playing licensed music. Pay it, pay a license. or We're going to sue you. Yeah. And one of the okay. places that I went to was a club and I, and like I was listening to some live music and then they cut. And then all of a sudden these two girls come out and I was like, and my wife was with me because they encourage you to bring someone with you. So you don't look creepy writing shit down in a notebook. And all of a sudden, these girls come out, and they just start, like, dancing. And all of a sudden, clothing starts coming off. And I, like, I turn to my wife. I'm like, I swear to God, I don't know what this is. I didn't know what it was. And then they it just sort of. whole thing, right? Yeah. I was like, what is this shit? And then, like, somehow they had, they put, like, whipped cream on each other, which I thought was weird. Yeah. I don't know. It was well, very weird. You said music investigator. I'm like, oh, you must have been in the script where, like, because it's kind of like that 50s detective shit. <laughs> like, <just> <laughs> girl or something and because i'm sure they have guys that play like parts you know oh, like, sure yeah, yeah. without like a doubt newspapers and everything and they do the whole thing but just go to go to go to uh you porn or whatever <laughs> just get the job done fast you know i mean you can argue that with strip clubs yeah. too you know like you know I, i'm not a strip club guy they don't really do i anything. can't yeah. stand strip clubs yeah they're the worst. Yeah, I've uh, people in the chat are saying, you know, Doug's never been to a strip club. He's a fundy Christian, which I'm not, yeah. but it's an ongoing <laughs> joke on this podcast. Yeah, and uh, it's and I went to one and only one, and it was a it was not a great experience. It was in the basement was it of Daisy Dukes. Was it was it not out in the Quad City. It was not. It was in London, no. and oh uh, 
I was, yeah, I was over there and we, we were so cheap. We were like going to a strip club, but, but they had like a five pound cover. We're like, we don't want to pay a cover. That's crazy. Just five bucks just to get in. So we found some yeah. dude who led us through some back streets to like a basement of a building. And they're like, don't worry, there's no cover, but you had to buy a drink and all the drinks were a minimum of five bucks. So we, we got, and they probably don't have alcohol, right? Oh, they did, but they wired that shit down. And then like, it was, okay. it was gross. It was awful. And I just remember sitting in there. I'm like, why are we in here? There was like. I would just be terrified for the the soccer hooligans. <laughs> like yeah, just looking to fight somebody. Oh man, it was it was not great. I I felt dirty and gross. I was like, why are we in here? And it was ugh, it was not it was not good. I was not a fan. So yeah, there was one I got dragged to, and it was a twenty dollar cover. I was protesting this the entire time. I'm like, guys, this is I. There's no reason we need to do this. Twenty dollar cover, and then right there, I'm like. You see, already we're in the fucking hole. And it was a BYOB, but you had to buy mixers at the place. <laughs> Lord, and yeah. the mixers, it was a tiny bottle of like Snapple, and they charged 10 bucks a pop for the thing. Oh, oh yeah. God. And I'm like, you fuckers. I hate it. was the worst fucking So 30 buck minimum to get in and then, oh, right. you know, deal with whatever Horrible. you got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I There's a whole type of, of gentleman that likes those places. It's, uh, but. I think we we I think we mutually enjoy women that appreciate us. So that's like- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a very fair point. <laughs> because some guys just like the fantasy, like they don't have to like talk to them, they don't have to deal right. with them. It's like yeah, it's just really easy. So yeah, have no, you ever done yeah. stand up at a strip club. No, but there was a place in New York when I started, I, I wasn't good enough to get in and it was a strip club, but there was a law. There was this mayor Giuliani that I'm sure you know about that. everybody <laughs> hates. Yeah. yeah. And there was a thing that it had to be eight. It was like a thing called like 80, 20 or okay. 70, 30. So do you have to have a 30% of the business be something else? If that makes sense. Okay. So okay. It was like stand up comedy strip club and the the show like the crowds were awful from what I heard and everybody bombed and and uh, they didn't really pay anybody well but it was just a front for for you know the comedy was just there to have something so they could get past the zoning laws or whatever yeah <laughs> but I never I mean the closest thing was uh, Tony's bachelor party I guess uh, yeah I guess yeah yeah I yeah. can't even imagine though having to try to perform especially in a place like that where yeah. the comedy is it's you're forced to be there just so the strippers can exist in that building like yeah. I can't imagine a more hostile audience to play for yeah well, right I did a casino once where the night the first night it was great and then the second night I bombed terribly and I was like. I called the guy I who ran it. And I go, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I did the same shit I did the night before. Yeah. And he was like, all right, well, I'll get to the bottom of it because a lot of the people there were very hostile, too. <laughs> and uh, it was in Atlantic City, which is, you know, that's a bad area because it's like Philly is really hostile people. And then he called <laughs> and he goes, look, it's not your fault. I'm really mad at the, the casino. And for what happened was when you lose a lot of money, they feel bad, so they give people like comps for oh, certain shit. Oh no! So oh, these no. are all people that lost their shit all day, and because I go up there and this guy's like, "I'd rather be fishing," and I was like, "Okay, I, I remember that." <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> was like, yeah, I walk into that shit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's times that are rough. I mean, like even doing the bachelor party, even the, Tony was great and his friends, but you're you're going after girls that are dancing. 
you know, and drunk guys. I didn't before I went up. I was like, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I went up right after the girls. Oh my god, what's um? Before I go too far, someone in the uh, sirloin in the (laughs) in the comments said he went to a strip club in Prague called Hot Peppers. He was offered crack cocaine at the door and was whipped by a stripper to do host. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like Prague. The two songs he plays do host me. <laughs> and and uh, the one by uh, Buck Cherry that's like, you're a crazy bitch. So good. have to be played at every strip club. That's amazing. Oh, so yeah. while we're on the topic, you've had some rough gigs. Like, what are what are some <clears throat> what are some of the worst heckles you've gotten? And and like, what have you done? What have, have you had well, any like? And yeah. awesome responses. Like, did you have some venom you you got to spew at people when they were being no, shitty? When they when the people that are heckling me really bad, they scare me. So now I'm like, uh. I just don't die. So I don't really get mad. <laughs> I get more like I'm just like get through this. But I'm I'm a little Jewish guy, and I don't really care about you know like racism or whatever. But uh, some of the f- I guess they're like silly funny or you know at the time I don't know. It's weird. It's just like uh. These this crowd after every joke they would say something like a Jewish word, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I do my punchline, they'd be like, "Hot dog, kosher beef," and then they go bar mitzvah. <laughs> they would just say random words like Hanukkah, Passover. So after every joke, that was weird. Good word. You know, you know, like sometimes people like make fun of the way I look, and I'll just be like, "Well, I I'll do it better because I make fun of myself." And I'm trying to think something really that stands out. Uh, I think my mouth was really dry and I had like little spittle on my sides and people were like, you're rabid. And this guy just kept doing it like, you're rabid, close your mouth, get some water, you're rabid. And he just wouldn't shut, you know, it was, it was, I was like, he would just ruin my set, you know? Yeah. So that I remember that that kind of hurt my feelings because you are like working hard up there and yeah. you're dealing with like some guy that won't shut up and it he doesn't you know he just wants to like if he's on a date he's probably trying to impress his you know his girlfriend or whatever yeah. so it is you know well it's tough That's like I, as as I hear that too because I'm not I'm not a comedian I mean yeah. I tried doing improv comedy for a while but I'm not a comedian sure. but I would like to think that if I'm gonna yell something it'd be a little more clever. Mm-hmm. It'd be a little bit better as opposed to Hanukkah, dreidel. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that was the whole crowd. The whole crowd was doing. That. At the same time, it's just like, congrats, yeah, you, you guessed it. I'm Jewish. Way to yeah, go. The thing is, like, you know, like, just get like, it never really bothers me. It's yeah. more like get through the time. Yeah. You Ugh. know, like just make the money and get through the time because at the time, you know, like, a two hundred bucks, a hundred buck gig is like a lot to me. So right. I never cared. I was like, I'll, I used to perform anywhere, so it never, it didn't really matter, you know? It was yeah, like, sir. just get through the time. <laughs> I, go ahead. Sorry, SirLoin84 says, nothing turns on girls I've dated like ruining the evening we paid for. <laughs> yeah, but to a guy, though, like, they feel like a little, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, Kind of like they're bringing this girl. I've had all guys say different stuff. Like one mm-hmm. guy was like, I have the best sex with my girlfriend after a comedy show because like girls like to laugh. She yeah. has a great time. And, and then some guys feel a little threatened that like this little yeah. dude is, is this. My girlfriend's laughing at this guy and like, what the fuck? And, yeah. You know, 
And sorry. then the more booze you get in, I mean, that only exacerbates the situation. Yeah. These guys just get no inhibitions. Yeah. yeah. But heckling was never like, I never really had much problem with heckling for the most part. I had more problems with the business. Yeah. And just like the bullshit and stuff like that. Like what, yeah. like I love what part stuff. are you talking about? Like, are you, like just like the negotiations or having to like, uh, the, like shake it, hands and, and yeah. do the political shake. thing? Yeah, that's it. Networking. Like uh, you have, the dirty like you word, guys, networking. networking. Yeah, improv. I'm sure it's networking, and you know, I know a few guys that made it from Chicago. It was probably around your time that you started with, and uh, they, they knew how to work the system. I'll tell you a name that's a, you know a mega star who I've ran into a few times that I was like, this guy's full of shit, you know, and you probably know what I'm talking about, but. <laughs> Well, it's not Will Ferrell. But we'll, talk <laughs> about it. we'll talk about it after. The, sure, we talk it off, know. Mike. <laughs> but like you, I never, I never want, I can never do that. Like part yeah. of it is actually like befriending people bigger than you, befriending the right people. And I just, I can only be friends or only be real to people I really like, and a lot mm -hmm. of these people I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So I was never able to really work the system. And, yeah. you know, you have to be resilient. You really do. And you have to just push your way in sometimes. And I was not really me. I was more passive. Yeah, so. I think it, I was watching. Uh, I can't remember what it was. There was some interview show and Matt Damon was talking about how he's like, you have to be a little off in the head to really make it in this business because he goes, it's the only business that wants you to fail. He's exactly. like, everyone is rooting against you. Everyone yeah. wants to tell you no. And he goes, you've to keep coming back to the table and getting that again and getting fed that again and again. He's like, you really have to have a different kind of resolve and basically be like a masochist to to want to have to keep doing that. I agree. I mean, also like these movies that like when you're not talking about the man, like, you know, Matt Damon now, like they give him movies. But back then. Yeah. When he started, it's like he's up with 60 other guys. Right, that look just all. like him. Exactly. Yeah. And he's got to stand out just a little. And whoever, if he doesn't get it, he's going to root against that guy who got it. And he's going to think of that movie bombs. He could have done a better job. Right. All right, relax. <laughs> Does she want to be on the podcast? <laughs> That's awesome. My sister's yelling at me. She lives upstairs. I live downstairs. That's all good. <laughs> we ordered sneakers. I ordered sneakers. I'm I'm curious to see if they fit. You a sneaker what kind guy? Of sneakers? Did you get? No, I'm not. A, I just need them because I have holes in mine. Just Nike. <laughs> just, I keep it simple. Nice. I get the same pair every time. Just like black with the white swoosh. Yeah. There you uh, go. Yeah. No uh, Jordans for you. <laughs> yeah. Too fancy. Got a question from someone on Twitch. They said, do you develop material to take down hecklers, or is that even a thing? Um, well, the funny thing is, is uh, you whatever you say in the moment, and if it works, you, it, it, you keep it in the back of your head. And so you're always riffing. So I've never, like, thought of something beforehand, but there's times that things work, and if they work, it's, you always have it for that situation. So like now in your catalog, in the back of your mind, if somebody hits you with with that, you're gonna nail them with what you what you what worked before. So that's kind of how I I have it. So I have like a few lines for certain heckles that I know are will probably happen. 
That makes so the sense. The hard part about that is you actually have to go through the heckle then to get the response. Yeah. Like <laughs> I have a, I have this really great bomb line. Okay. But I can only use it if I'm bombing. You can't use it if you're doing good. <laughs> but I, 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 I had this one where I'm like, I want to build a time machine. I'm like, not anywhere special, just 10 minutes in the future. When this is over. <laughs> it works. It works when I'm bombing. And then I, yeah. Sometimes it gets the crowd back. Yeah, I, that's all you need sometimes, right? Is that one little just like turn to spark the audience? And I said it one time on stage, just out of like you know sporadic whatever in my head, and now I it's like it's now there whenever I need it, like a weird Rolodex in my head that like yeah. in this situation hit that button. I love that so much because I I find it hilarious, but also it makes sense because. You know, in improv, in the brief amount of time they did it, you know, one of the things you do is you ask for suggestions. And one of the first things you learn is like, hey, well, I mean, I didn't listen when they taught it because the first improv show I did, you know, someone made a suggestion. I thought you had to take it. And that day, Nelson Mandela had died. And so in our student improv show, I'm like, I have a suggestion. Someone goes, Nelson Mandela. And I'm like, okay, we're doing Nelson Mandela because I didn't know how to say no. But one of the common things you get from the people who go on the cruise ships, which are obviously never going to happen ever again. But, you know, is people would be like, you know, can I get a suggestion? Dildo, you know, whatever. And people would just have those lines backed up all ready to go of what to say when someone suggests something stupid. And yep. they would just be like locked and loaded, bam, because someone's definitely going to yep. say dildo because they're not original, you know? No. I think that's the no. thing that gets me the most is when you, you, you're you on social media or wherever and you see people just like post the really bland, easy, hacky, dare I say, stuff. And you're like, come on, we can all do better than that. It's like, yeah. you, it's like, come on. Like the stuff with the bleach, like your bleach and that. It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> Like five seconds after that happened, there was a good joke about it, and then it's it's got to move on, you know. Yeah. When you when you develop, I've been trying to not in any sort of serious capacity. Um, <laughs> we'll say uh, lightly trying to develop a tight five yeah. for like the last fifteen plus years, okay. and it's impossible. I don't yeah. think. Uh, I don't. I seriously don't think it's possible. I've seen stand-up comedians. I still don't believe they've written it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can write five minutes. It's so hard. How do you develop material? I, I find this process fascinating because okay. it eludes me. Yeah, I had so I've had a really crazy past. So when I was twenty, I had a brain tumor. So I, I had to go through a couple brain surgeries, and then I got out of that, and I it was a very long recovery. And then I got a job in an animal hospital and I was cleaning dog shit and cat shit and just sweeping the floors and stuff like that. And I was very depressed. And then I kind of stumbled on stand up and uh, it gave me a purpose and it gave me like a survival thing where this is what I have nothing to fall back on. So I better learn how to write five minutes. So by going to a comedy club every night, and I got a job at one, like as an usher, and I'd answer phones, and I would just watch all the pros, and I would watch their mannerisms, how they wrote, the brevity of jokes, and I just kind of like took my life, and kind of like you know tried to not kind of model what they were doing with my life, you know, and then just through like trial and error, I was like I was catching little things, you know, I was like 
I was starting to kind of develop like a little persona and through that I could, you could write jokes in that little box of what you want to represent, you know? Interesting. So I felt like if I just kept doing that, I could, I could, uh, I don't know. I could just keep and, and writing a five minutes really hard. One of the, one of the I things know. about comics that they, they make this rookie mistake where they're like, I got to write jokes. I got to write jokes. So then they have like 40 minutes of really bad jokes. Ugh. But yeah. but they're better off having five really amazing tight minutes and forty just you know throwaway shit mm-hmm. like that's more impressive for sure. Yeah. It's because you're like condensing, you're like building, you're starting a story and you're having a middle and an end. And when it works, it's like amazing. When you see some of the greats do like five minutes on TV, which they don't do as much, like yeah. it's like holy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to being a masochist, I mean, if you want to get into it, to any sort of comedy, you have to eat shit yeah. for like a minimum Absolutely. of like, what, five years? You know, minimum? Yeah, I, I bombed maybe the first two years. So I had like decent jokes, but I was like dirty and I would make fun of myself and I was coming off creepy. So <laughs> I had the hardest part for me was making myself those same jokes, making them creepy to likable. Okay. Off. So that's where the craft was for you. Yeah, I swear to God, it's so weird because if you don't, if you do them with no confidence, you come off creepy. But if you, <laughs> if you do confidence, you're like, oh, he's so adorable and cute, you know, whatever. Like, oh, he means no well, like he means no harm. He's just being silly. Like, what a silly guy this guy is. But when you don't have the confidence, you just come off as a big creepo. <laughs> I can totally see that. I mean, just imagine yeah. someone at a mic just going like, so, uh, yeah, like, uh, I'm not very fast, you know, sweat a lot. People are like, Jesus, this guy is just like yeah. listing his flaws. Like, I don't, this isn't funny at all. This is sad. This isn't therapy, you know? <laughs> what a, a very skilled comic can can do that same jokes and make them like, people are just like, the like likability. There's, there's little things like little psychology, like, I, I used to see young comics make really mis, like weird mistakes of that they're like the crowd and then say weird shit. That makes sense. As opposed <laughs> to a, a comic that's going to say weird shit and he's going to be like, I'm not like you guys, you know? Yeah. Right. And just those little things of psychology goes a long way. Oh, that's interesting. They, they kind of almost make themselves an antagonist or something for them to kind of not necessarily an antagonist, but if he's like, I'm like you, I'm weird. People are like, hey, I'm not weird. I'm not like well, you. Like, well, like this one guy did this terrible joke, and I remember this. And and he was like, there was always these dumb jokes that like Spider-Man and Times Square was actually like a little Hispanic guy that was like 5'1", and that was like the joke, you know? <laughs> and and it was not a good joke. Like, <laughs> you know, aren't you guys tired of like little Puerto Rican Spider-Man? You know, in Times Square, and like people are like, no, like that's kind of racist. But if he did a joke of like, you know, I was a comic book character, or I was a, I'm a comic book fan, and the first day I, I got to New York City, I saw Spider Man. I'm like, you know, like isn't he supposed to be bigger? Like what the hell? Like, like just I'm, I'm, I'm bombing on this, but you know, no, no dude, you instantly, you yeah. instantly turn yeah. that around to such a positive and more funny way, just by instead of coming at it in that harsh way, 
It was exactly. like, like I, I, I believe, like, yeah, you take the comic book approach. You're like, I thought he was supposed to be bigger. You're making fun of yourself. Make it seem yeah. like you have no clue. Like, everything about that, like, it resonates with me. You take, like, yeah. an expectation and you flip it on its head. I expected, and then what? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a and that's the thing too. Comics that drive me nuts is when they're bombing. They're like, "Fuck you, that's funny." <laughs> you know what? Nobody should have been on. I did that joke on television. Crushed. Like nobody needs to hear. That. Like, do, 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 do they start laughing after they say that? Like, oh, it was on TV. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, it's 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 hard. There was a guy who became very big who. I, you know, I used to, he used to open up for me and I used to take him around and we, he's like a, he's not a household name. He's right beneath it, but he mm -hmm. passed me big time. A lot of guys have passed me. It's really sad. So, mm -hmm. but one time we were doing a show at a VFW hall in Connecticut and it was like a, a pretty harsh crowd and he's bombing and the people aren't there. The people there are probably the people that would exercise on town hall, you know, or, or stuff. <laughs> And he says to them, he's, he's done about three jokes. They've all bombed. And he goes, all right, I got an easy one for you. And then he does the joke and nothing. He goes, come on, guys, that was an easy one. So we get in the car. He's like, what did I do wrong? I'm like, well, you know, it was a shitty crowd. But, you know, once you say you got an easy one for you, you're telling them they're really stupid. You know? <laughs> yeah. Think about it. And he and he like he's like yeah you're right I'm like yeah you probably shouldn't do that so there's like little right. words comics can like alienate their audience by so, like, such a fine oh, line to walk when you're up there shit. too and making sure you're yeah. not saying the wrong thing in the minute in the moment and you can lose them so fast you can do yeah. ten great minutes and it, you say one thing that you make one comment and it throws them off and you you might lose them for the rest of the night you know I've heard How countless stories of that. How specific are you with sticking to? Because I know like the two schools of comedy or two schools of thought when it comes to stand up are the ones who kind of like George Carlin used to do, like write out every single yeah, word yeah. and stick to it. Yeah. Like, no. And, and then there's those that come up and like, I've got beats and I'll kind of. Yeah, I don't necessarily write everything out, but I'm a firm believer in like verbatim and I'm a firm believer in as very few words as possible. So, yeah. I kind of like live and I, I don't, I never write. I, well, I think I retired just so I don't want you to know. <laughs> Is that what we've decided tonight? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, when I did do comedy, uh, I have, I write out it's like a set list. So uh, every joke has a word as like a keyword to kind of follow the set list. And I want it to flow a certain way. And then, um, yeah, I just try to keep the jokes as brief as possible. Uh, somebody, oh, when I first started, kind of like you're using too many words, and they they said a good joke is like a steak where you want to cut the fat out. So, like, the fat of the excess words, and uh, that helped me a lot. I was like, yeah, and I realized that, like, uh, you know, one of my favorite comics is David Tell, and I would listen to him, and he uses so few words to get to the point. It's just like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. And I've been trying to look at the same thing in, in when I'm doing writing now, like screenwriting yeah. or something like that. As sure. I'll take, I'm like, all right, this is a lot of dialogue for some person to be saying. Is yeah. there a way for them to say all this in one sentence? And you just start turning it, and it it, it tightens everything up so are, well. Are you an aspiring screenwriter? We yeah, we have a production company, so we're nice. uh, we're we're we do some short films, and as soon as this whole thing lifts, hopefully our first feature, we'll see. Well, uh, congratulations. I, I, my sister's very big in the business. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, she's she. Her name is Jessica Goldberg. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but uh, I have not. But I will be looking up yeah, Jessica she, Goldberg now. <laughs> yeah, she created a show called The Path. Okay. It was on Hulu. Okay. Oh, awesome. With Aaron Paul and a couple other people. So. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's a real deal. She makes okay. like freaking awesome. She makes fuck you money. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Oh God, I love that phrase. It never gets yeah. old. So yeah, she makes big. She she's like she's uh, the way I joke about it is because she moved all of us out to L.A. and uh, she makes the amount the same amount of money as like the worst pitcher on a baseball team, but that's still a shitload of money. <laughs> is it like the best thing? They'd be like, a, I'm a third string quarterback. It's like okay, that's cool. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, brain hemorrhaging and uh, you stay healthy and you get paid, you know? Yeah, it's great. Hold <laughs> that clipboard and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it's not amazing. bad at all. <laughs> no, I, it's interesting because I, especially when you're talking about, you know, learning the rules, you know, it's, it's of comedies because there's the rules are there for a reason. So you can not be an idiot, but also if you get good enough, you can, you can break those rules, right? There's plenty of comics that are so good that they can take that sort of almost antagonistic approach. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, a guy just, that got kind of, uh, I mean, I, I will say he, he's kind of like, the, to me, he's the James Woods of a stand-up comedy because he's really good at what he does, but, like, he's he's done. Like, he's... <laughs> he's named Nick DiPaolo. And, oh, Nick DiPaolo, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming up, like... I mean, he, you watch him. He, I'm not gonna say he, he crushes. If he goes on stage, he crushes. Yeah. And he always played the asshole, like the, you know, the Republican kind of grouchy asshole. But what he did to 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 survive in New York City was it was never the crowd; it was him. So he's like that. He's like the grouchy guy, you know. And at the time, it wasn't like heated politically. So you're like, oh, he's my funny neighbor that's Republican that we talk about politics for five minutes. He says something crazy and he makes me laugh, but he, he's harmless, you know? Yeah. yeah. Nick Nick was able to be that character in, but if he was like, fuck you guys, or like, you don't, don't you guys agree with me? Like he couldn't get, you know, there, there's no way he could pull off those jokes, you know? Yeah. And so it's that little fine line of, of being able to do that. Yeah, I think another one I think of is Anthony Jeselnik because his jokes are so like, you know, brutal, and how yeah. he delivers. A lot of time people will be like, "Oh," and he's like, murp, murp, "What do you want from me?" You know, that's yeah. That's... Anthony's interesting because I, if I did his jokes, I he pro I could probably get away with him more mm -hmm. because he's a very handsome guy. <laughs> he's held to like this, like, well. Why would this fucking handsome white guy be saying this shit? You know? <laughs> and that's oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. There's a story I've told before on here where that that that's who who delivers the line is really important. Um, I was in an improv scene in at school, and we were just it was just a terrible school improv, you know, class, and and people kept you know, I can't remember the exact premise, but they kept calling someone a sea monster. And basically, they were referring to calling someone a cunt, you know. Yeah. But they kept joking around. And one of the rules I learned was like, "Don't beat around the bush. Get to it." Because by the time you beat around the bush and get to it, it's old. Everyone already knows. So people just kept calling each other sea monsters. So then I hopped into a scene, and there's this like five foot two girl in front of me, and I just go, "You're a cunt!" And I just scream it at her, expecting yeah. and Doug Doug is murderous like six applause. Feet. 
I'm six three, and I'm just and like I'm like, huh, that's weird. And our teacher's like, time yeah. out, real quick, real quick. Um, so Doug, why'd you say that? And I went through the whole thing. He's like, yeah, here's the thing. You can't say that because you're six three. He's like, you're yeah. you're gonna scare people. The five foot two girl, she can say it, and it'll be hilarious. And that was a tough lesson yeah. for me to learn. But I was because like, you're by right. Existing Doug, you're aggressive. Exactly. I'm yeah. large. It was, yeah. It is. It is a weird thing that like the psychology is so it goes just about that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a bump sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and Jervis, our Australian uh, friend, says the Australian came out of Doug. It sure did, Jared. It sure did. <laughs> the back to fronter. <laughs> so, like I I've though I because I, I fell in love with poker, so I'm kinda like a gamer like you guys. Like I don't play video games, but I love poker. And I'm I've been killing it in quarantine because there's so many Zoom tournaments. There's there's like a whole network of tournaments going on, and the players. I hope nobody's listening that uh, I play with, but they suck. You <laughs> got, got a big poker audience. So. <laughs> well, well, it's it's like I'm I'm curious to see how good I'm gonna do when the quarantine ends because a lot of these people. You know they don't have much to do every night, so mm-hmm. they start playing poker, and you know, you know they have money, so we're playing for for decent money, and and they just like they don't have the skills, and once life comes back, they're not going to play anymore. So I'm I'm not sure if I'm doing really good because it's quarantine or because I've worked like two years playing poker every day to get good, but I think it's a combination of both. That's so I awesome. That. I, I went through a hot spree where I was like, I liked poker, but I don't like gambling because I don't like losing money. Yeah. So that makes me really sure. bad. And, yeah, you got to uh, have gambling. You got to have a little gambling. <laughs> but I'm, like I, you got to have a little gambling in order to be a stand-up comedian, too. Yeah, oh, yeah that is yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. So you good at you good at reading people or do you read the cards? Uh, no, I think I, I uh, have a combination. I'm not big into the math side of it. Uh-huh. Like some people like Same. they're like, why did you do that? Like, do you know that 62 percent if you do that? And I'm like, yeah, but there's like intuition and this and that. Sometimes you just feel like I can stay out of this pot and I'll be OK or something. It's like, yeah, yeah but, you know, like the, the positioning of this and that. And I'm not really into that. I do. <laughs> I went through this bad breakup like a year and a half ago by a girl I felt like really deceived me and mm-hmm. like wasn't who she was. And I, you know, like told me a lot of lies. And now I'm like, yeah, like never happened again. You know, <laughs> yeah. so no, I, no poker, I like I channel her and then I'm like, you know, like just like little lies that she told me, like I can see it in the people's eyes. And that's oh. what, I, what are what, what are some like, of the common things you see in people like when you're playing where you're like, oh, he's full of shit. Like what do you I'll see? tell you the, the the biggest thing these fucking people are doing during <laughs> quarantine that you never see at a casino. But when you make a bet and they got the goods, and when they got the goods, goods, they go, "What do you got there? You got you you holding a you holding an ace king there? What do you got there?" So they're pretending like they're a little weak and they're sizing me up. But every fucking time, they're beyond like they have the nuts right there when uh-huh. they do that. Uh-huh. And that's the biggest tell I've noticed. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it's our... always the same speech. <laughs> what do you uh what do you got there? Uh, what do you got? Uh, Ace King? Like, 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 pocket... Let's say the flop is like Queen 1010, okay? And 
they have like pocket queens or something or aces and you make a bet and they are let's say they have a queen so they are are they have pocket queens so they have a full house with uh-huh. tens so like you make a bet you have ace 10 or something or you don't even have that you have uh jacks or something so you make a bet to see what's going to happen and they go oh, what do you got there Maddie? hmm you must have a really strong hand huh you must have t- you got quad tens there what do you want <laughs> Uh, and they give you that speech, and every time you do that, every it's not just to me. I see him do it to other people. Yeah, and every a lot of people do that. That speech is is like that is a tell for super strength. <laughs> so but at that it, point, you, you just won't fold. Hear that. Well, sorry, my bad. At that point, you just you just turn your cars and you fold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know, and I know, like when the two other people are playing, who's gonna win that hand? Yeah. Like, no, that guy's just like got like a monster hand, and you won't. I won't hear that. Like when you play in a real tournaments and casinos <laughs> and stuff, are like real like poker lifers. They don't. They don't do any of that bullshit. You yeah, know, those right. guys that have the shades on, they pull their hoods up over and they play their cards <laughs> and they just sit there. They're just like they don't want to give anything away. <laughs> are they intimidate you? Or are they just like you yeah. know take a lot of time? They don't speak, or are they just like kind of like size you up or like. You know, but there's no, there's no bullshit of like, sometimes what they'll do is they'll like throw it, they'll splash the pot towards near you. And it's kind of like, like it's a, it's an intimidating feeling. Cause they're like, don't, you know, like this is my pot. Don't fuck with me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's but almost like they they're pushing you. Yeah. They don't give any funny speeches. Like, are like, what do you got there? Huh? <laughs> you must have quads there. Huh? <laughs> Cause they, they, they've learned that they're like, yeah, don't you shut the fuck up and play your cards. Cause uh, yeah. someone's going to figure that out really fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's what I've noticed. One of the guys uh, from Australia, he used to actually work at a casino and he said, poker players hate when you went off luck rather than playing to the outrageous math. He said he hated dealing poker back in the, in his croupier days. I can only imagine what that would be like. Well, yeah, because poker, there is a lot of luck. Uh, you know, I mean, I've seen just people get sucked out is the word. And, uh, you know, I'm the first. Okay, what happened with me, and this is how crazy I am, is uh, I was started doing, you start, it's like comedy where you're, you're doing good. And then our baseball is another analogy is a guy will come up from the minors and he'll hit like 350. Mm-hmm. And then they like, okay, throw him breaking balls. He can't hit a breaking ball. And then he has to adjust. So I started really getting into online poker about a year or two ago. I was kicking ass for like two months. And then I got in a major slump. And a lot of it was I was just playing really big hands like aces, kings, queens, and hoping to win there. And then all of a sudden those hands started getting like crushed. And I started like going in with ace with aces. And then somebody would have jacks and I'd get a jack. And I got so mad I, I called the company up or the – Banning site. I'm like, you're fucking rigged. This fucking <laughs> bullshit. The fuck is, you know, I didn't really understand the game. And one of the guys yeah. talked to me and he was like, listen, why don't you try to trap people more? Like you should play a different way. Like you're, you're playing too obvious. And I, and that was one of like the biggest lessons I got, but there are people that they always assume like, because I had the best hand starting out, I should have won. And I'm just, I have a friend who just bitches all the time. And I'm like, this is the game you signed up for. You know? like, <laughs> well, that's, I think it's funny because, like, someone recently told me, you know, you know, in a situation like this person had an 8% chance to win, and we, we thought it was yeah. 100. It's like, no. No, it's 80. It's yeah. 80% chance. That means there's a 20% chance they're not going to win. And right. Absolutely. 
You know, that's that's what happened. And I think people kind of look at that, and I'm very much susceptible to that. I played games where it's like, you have an 87% chance of hitting this person. I'm like, cool, I'm going to hit him. And I don't. I'm like, that's bullshit. I'm like, fell in the 13%. You know, it sucks when you have the 97%, right? And you, you hit that 3%. That's the one that stings a lot. But, you know, yeah. again... It does. It absolutely does happen. And it's one of those yeah. things where, again, at the end of the day, you are rolling the dice. You're playing the odds. You're hoping that the math is in your favor. But to be like, well, you had a 67% chance. You're like, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a D plus, man. You know? <laughs> well, the other thing about poker, too. Oh, you want to see? No, please go ahead. Oh, is like if you lose, like, unluckily at a casino playing blackjack. Well, not blackjack because you kind of depend on other people. Or roulette or something like that or craps it's like you in the house mm-hmm. but poker you're gonna like sometimes somebody gets mad at somebody else at the table and then it gets really uncomfortable and <laughs> then it gets awkward because there's like two patrons are fighting like if you start yelling at the dealers of another game you're out of there but now it's like it just gets really dicey but i will say and this is why I, one of the reasons i hate stand-up comedy is like now that I've immersed myself more in the poker world, there's more money in poker, and yet people are a lot nicer. Oh, that Shocking. broke my heart to hear that, yeah. man! Like, <laughs> it's just the truth, man. It is the truth. Oh, why do you think? Uh, why do you think that is? I mean, obviously, probably with comedy comes the fame, right? The, uh, the chasing, chasing the dragon of making people laugh, right? That's that's always kind of what it is, you know, to a certain degree. And you're. A, a lot of stand-up, there's not a lot of money in it up, up front, and people are still like just cutting each other's throats to to move on, to move up. And I think poker is just like what you know, like just play, and and the best person wins that day, and it is what it is. But stand-up, there's so much politics and people kind of like cutting each other's throats, basically for a five-minute free set. They're gonna do it some bar somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I think there's only one other thing outside of stand-up comedy that's as cutthroat and lethal uh, in this world, and it's called... The Throwdown. Welcome to The Throwdown, Maddie. I hope you're ready. Because, <laughs> again, the rules of this is two things enter, only one thing leaves, so I hope you're able... To help us determine what's going to make it out of this one alive. Poker stand-up comedy. (laughs) That would be a great great one. That would be a great one. (laughs) But uh, based off of something that you said during the episode, I think you really are going to like this throwdown tonight. So today's throwdown, the two people going into the ring of death are going to be Dave Attell versus Doug Stanhope. Wow. So let's set the stage, all right? Well, real quick, before I do this, uh, like I told Doug off air, I feel like this is kind of a Freudian thing because his, his brother's name is Dave, so I feel like this is him trying to work out some Dave versus Doug shit. So we're going to see if he breaks down by the end of this, but go ahead. No, set I'm stage, fine. Douglas. Um, so, I mean, these are two, you know, legendary comedians, right? Both, uh, both... Yeah. Both, both well-worn road warriors and have seen it all. And uh, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's for some reason, it seems like it'd be hard for guys of this stature to really get a beef. But then again, it's, it's, it's comedy, right? Anything could happen that could set someone off, 
you know, to dislike each other. Uh, but essentially, we'll just say it's something as simple as you know they're 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 you know they um they're they're competing for uh, a venue, right? It's a venue that they're going to be opening up. It's right after Corona's ending, and they want they're desperate to get out there. They want this venue. They want this hot venue, and uh, you know. Dave says it's his, Doug says it's his, and they start, you know, a little, a, a feud, and then before you know it, they're in the streets, outside the venue, you know, and they're like, this is it, because this is exactly how it would go, it's like, you piece of shit, Doug, I'm taking you out, and Doug Stanhope's is like, fuck you, Attell, and your amazing delivery on things, and the way you approach life, I'm, I hate you too, and they put up their dukes, who, who do you think would win? And a fight to the death. First off, your impressions have gotten so much better. I'm telling you, man, I'm working on it. I'm working on accents and impressions. Well done. Pretty good. What do you think, Maddie? Oh, I thought you were going to do... Uh, <laughs> like do you want the song again? I can play the song. <laughs> I, I was thinking. I was like, the other guy's going to go, so now I'm thinking. But I guess... <laughs> I can, right. If you want, I can jump in. No, if you need no, I'll, 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 I'll right. go. Uh, I mean... I have like I have I love both of them. I yeah. have a little a quick Doug Stanhop story. Woo! One one year on Facebook, he he posted. He goes, uh, I'm really drunk. Uh, it was Christmas. He goes, give me your number and I'll call you. I'm just gonna call like a hundred people. Oh my so god! So I'm like, I was going through a tough time because my dad was really sick and dying. So I gave him my number and he called me. We started talking just about shit and it was it was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, "Well, I got forty more people to call." So. <laughs> that's that's like an amazing Doug Stanhope story. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. I just remember I was like, "Dude, life sucks. My dad's gonna die." And then he was like, "Well, my mother's got pins and this and that, and she's shitting in a colostomy bag." And he's like, "Suck it up, kid." <laughs> um, but I, I'm gonna be honest. I owe so much to David Tell because. He was like the 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 god of gods that I looked up to, and uh, the god of gods that I like listened to the the CD skanks for the memories like three million times, mm -hmm. and was like that's what I aspire to be. I think they're such nice guys that like they wouldn't want to beat each other up, so yeah. they would almost be like I, I've I've lived enough. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so they'll make the sacrifice. Yeah, I think one of them would make a sacrifice, but they're not that alpha dude that's like, yeah. fuck you, you know? Right. So if I had the big one, Attell lives, but Stan Hope like, will be like revered like Bill Hicks was like 10 yeah. years late. So he dies, but he dies like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what, on a crucified? <laughs> yeah, crucified, and like 10 years later, it's like, wow, Doug Stan Hope was a genius. And like, he moved to Arizona and just like did this weird thing and dated really weird girls and went to little bars instead of comedy clubs when he could sell them out. He ran for president at one point and then decided it was too weird, so he stopped doing it. I have this. Uh, I have a buddy named Henry Phillips. He's a really funny comedian. I don't know if you guys know, but he used to open up for Stanhope, and he would tell this great. He told me this great story. He's like, we would be in like Nashville. And like the first show, you just be like, Jesus does not exist. There is no God. And the whole crowd would walk out. And then like in between, you'd be like, God, I got to sell some CDs. And then the next set was just like typical, like stand up, set up, punchline, typical, you know, sex jokes. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was pretty amazing. Like hearing stories like that is always like beautiful. I love I love that sense of people who are just going to be like, you know what? I want to say what I want. I think that's the that's probably the ro- yeah. the romanticized part of it, right? The the the, sure. the comedians who can take like the Bill Burr moment in Philadelphia, right, where he takes a yeah. raging, horrible crowd for ten minutes. He's just like, "Fuck you! I'm going to tell you jokes. I'm going to get you on my side. Then I'm going to insult your sports. I'm going to have you hate me again because it's that's yeah. what everyone wants, right? They that's want one someone. Of the best videos ever. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. That's why actually I think how I found out about Bill Burr was because Justin showed me that video or whatever, and I was yeah. like holy shit this guy did that he's like yeah like to a raging arena it was was for like an opening anti show and those are the the worst people so (laughs) i'm not surprised that happened yeah but it is like i love when comics can go outside the box like one quick story yeah uh patrice o'neill who died was like a total crazy genius like that and my friend was telling me one time Chappelle showed up to a show and it's like Chappelle, huge Dave Chappelle show. And he's just making everybody happy and laugh and having a great time. And it's like, holy shit, we saw Dave Chappelle in front of like 200 people. And Patrice went after him and he just did (laughs) shitty on purpose, like insulted everybody. And he walked 200 people. And as they're walking out, he's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. And he was like kind of ripping on everybody being happy and what bullshit happiness is. And it was, he knew what he was doing, you know. Uh-huh. He could easily they they would have loved him because he was he was a pretty big name himself. But yeah. he decided like, no, nah, I'm gonna piss all these people off <laughs> tonight. This is more fun for me. Yeah, I just oh he had God. he had a way with that Brilliant. too. I've heard countless stories how he would just people would be telling a story about like I don't know something that would happen or I read this thing that where this yeah. thing happened. He'd be like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, hey guys, guess what? Uh, Doug believes in magic. Did you hear that? Yeah. He just, he not believes him. in magic. And I was like, that's not why he said, he goes, oh no, you're saying this thing happened. You believe in magic. And he would just tear people down, but yeah, it was out of him. love, you know, but people would be like, fuck, Patrice has got me. Yeah, he was a genius. He really was. <laughs> well, I appreciate your reverence for uh, both sure. of these guys, but I, I, I don't know them. I, you know, I, I only know them from some of their comedy, but Doug Stanhope seems like the kind of guy that uh, has a knife in his boot. You know, or yeah. would know where to procure a weapon of such. Whereas David Tell seems kind of like a little more happy-go-lucky. So it seems like Doug Stanhope to me would be kind of the guy that's like, yeah, I know, I know where all the sharp objects are hidden. I'm going to use it to my advantage. So I give ad, ad advantage to Doug Stanhope. I have nothing to back that up. It's just a feeling. Does that does Doug Stanhope smoke cigarettes? He does. I don't know. I know David Tell does. David Tell does, right. yeah. So that's why I would give David Tell the advantage, because if you've ever been in a fight with a cigarette smoker, the first thing that comes is that right at your face, and you don't see the rest coming. So he's got the cigarette right in your eye, breaks yeah. the beer bottle in the neck, and then he goes up and does a set. Done. <laughs> it's hard to say, because they've both seen so many things. You know that's what I true. mean? Yeah. They've yeah. both seen so many things, but it sounds like uh, the tiebreaker here is Maddie. Who says that Doug sacrifices himself in a Jesus-like state? I don't want that pressure. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta have a deciding factor. So it sounds like it's uh, David Tell for the win. David Tell for the win. David Tell for the win. Oh, that's the wrong one. (laughs) David Tell for the win. I put the sexy music on accidentally. I was like, "Ooh, David Tell for the win." All right. Mm. Mm, that's what I'm talking about. Maddie, mm. that was so much fun, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to shoot the shit with us. 
Dude, it was so much fun. Anytime you need me to come back on, you oh. know, I probably probably better on Tuesdays because I don't know shit about video games. <laughs> no, you're always uh, welcome back here, man. This is yeah, it was a lot of fun. You guys are hysterical, and I had a great time just shooting the shit with you. I was gonna like reveal that I don't know anything about comic books or superhero <laughs> movies, but I guess maybe the next time I'm on, I never. I don't think I've seen one movie that's like a superhero movie in the last 20 years. So Nothing wrong with that. We can still find, well, obviously, cool stuff to talk about. So it's all are good. Are you guys in that shit or not? Uh, yeah. You can't see it right now, but on Twitch, I have a, an Avengers logo behind me. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I was, I'm not trying to insult you. I just, no, no. And I'm a type of nerd, you know? No, hey. That's it's totally cool. And I don't, I don't judge people who don't like it because I had a realization. Because a lot of people that I work with don't know anything about it and so as i'm like sharing this stuff i realize how much of a child i must seem like to them they're like this no, you're not. 37 you're year old guy likes these superheroes i'm like hey man that's what i like sorry <laughs> maddie maddie i will say that on the chat right now we've got a couple people who are championing for you to come on saturday and join us for games because <laughs> the the game we're playing is joke boat and essentially you have to write bad jokes and the oh, person who writes the so if you want to join us, the, yeah, you, you have time, a yeah. uh, 8 o'clock Central. So 6 o'clock yeah, Saturday night. I'll stop by for a few because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that would be hilarious. I'll drive over. I'll fly over. <laughs> You've got an audience now, yeah. yeah. Well, that means a lot because your your audience could be like, this guy sucks. Why would you have him on? So I'm flattered. Guys. No, I don't think any of us are really going to be able to. Uh, I mean, I first of all, I'm terrible at the game. But uh, it, the whole point is it's just it's it's writing, you know, premises and just punching up other people's jokes. It's a real fun. We just shit on each other the whole time, so it's a real blast. That's fun. Yeah. Well, I figured you do more games like uh, the the games everybody plays with the gun, Fortnite, and shit like that. Yeah, I'm not so much into first-person shooters, so I'm kind of into some other stuff. And we try to play games where the audience can engage with us, so it makes it more fun for oh, them and for us. Oh, okay. So. I'm thinking of all different other things. No, that's yeah. cool. I mean, a lot of people play that on Twitch, so, I mean, you can just hop on Twitch right now and anyone's playing Call of Duty or something, so there you go. Why do they? Why does it seem like the? Well, this is an obvious question, but these these beautiful women playing video games are getting like three billion fucking views. It's amazing. It's it's the wildest thing ever. Like who would have thought? You know? Who would have thought? Right. You could just play in a nice sports bra and short yeah. pants and. The exactly. thing is, when Doug did that, we had our lowest viewership ever. So I don't know. No one showed up for it, you know. Yeah. Double standard. Burlesque 101, but no one, no yeah. one believed me. So whatever. But you know. But that's the beauty, because like I'm here because of Tony, and like <laughs> you know, if I was a burlesque dancer, he, he doesn't know the girls' names. He knows. <laughs> that's I know amazing. He's happily married. So <laughs> his, his buddies, they, they, a lot of them were single that night, from what I remember. <laughs> Well, Matty, that night for sure. Yeah. I want to I want to take this time to roll out the carpet for you, my friend. Promote whatever you want. Promote your podcast, social medias, whatever you want, man. The the floor is yours. Okay, so the last words is on iTunes with Matty Goldberg, M A T T Y G O L D B R G. Instagram, Matty Goldberg. I that's where I kind of like do the most stuff. Twitter, I guess at Matty Goldberg one. Uh, and yeah, just, uh, be safe everybody. And, uh, I'm thinking of getting into the Twitch poker game, but I don't know if oh, I'm yeah. that like insane to do that. But I, I think to get numbers, I gotta be a very beautiful woman. I don't think I, it's like worth like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth the time if I'm not, you know, 
Well, take it from two guys who are just grinding their way up there. We'll follow you, yeah. man. You you put it you put it on there. We'll follow you. I'll watch. I love watching poker. I'd watch you. Yeah, Hell yeah. It, it's fun. I, I like watching the Twitches sometimes. So yeah. And that's why I make it like I was like, what? How do I make it entertaining? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the hard part. Is like, how do you put a little spin to it? Yeah, you just gotta start somewhere. I mean, we started uh, pretty pretty small, and we're just we're still figuring it out. So. Well, you guys are really great. Great oh, show. Awesome, man. Thank you, Thank you so much. Justin, what do you have to recommend this week, my friend? Oh, shit. What have I been watching? Um, you know, Ron Howard's a cool guy. Check his workout. <laughs> this is his list of movies that he's done? Just his body of work. Go check him out. Fair enough. And Shit's Creek. <laughs> Doug, what do you got? Uh, I recommend another Twitch channel. Uh, it goes by the name of Four Sale Eighteen. That's F O R S A L E. The number one, the number eight. Uh, it's a really cool channel. This guy uh, streams Wednesday uh, through Saturday. He does really cool stuff. I've hung out on his channel a couple of times. Super awesome community. They're very fun. They play a lot of engaging stuff. Go check them out. It's fun. It's really really cool. Uh, it's Four Sale Eighteen on Twitch. And uh, before we go, also just remember, uh, guys, we've got merch. You can head straight down on Twitch right now if you're watching on Twitch. Head on down, click on the link. You can check out some of the shirts and stuff that we have going on. If you're listening to the podcast, head over to teespring.com slash stores slash the number two, the letter E, the number eight. And you can pick up our merch there. You can also follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. All of our social media is at mindgappodcast. And... We are doing a video game stream this Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time. We're going to be playing Jackbox Party Pack, and Junk Boat is on there. So last time, it was really fun and really nasty. And, uh, you know, if Maddie's free, Maddie's free to come on by and hang out with us. And uh, you guys should come, too. <laughs> so come check that out Saturday, uh, 8 p.m. Central Time. And, Justin, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on Apple Podcast, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and on Google Podcast, wherever you can find and consume the old podcasts. And then uh, while you're there, rate us, review us, uh, you know, share us around. The big one is sharing. If you like an episode, just copy the link, post it to your social media, send it to, you know, your aunt, your Aunt Patty. She loves us. Um, you know, and just get our name out there. The more that you promote us, the b bigger we get and the more cool shit we can do. The more cool guests like Maddie Goldberg we can have on. Exactly. And then, uh, oh, thanks, man. Take a look at, take <laughs> yeah, a look at 2east8th.com slash mindgap and then um, 2east8th.com slash short script contest. We're still running our short script contest through about mid-June. And uh, you can submit, uh, get some feedback on your script, and we're, we'll pick up to the top five scripts and actually help get them produced. So there's that. And uh, as Doug said, check our merch stuff out. It's good stuff. Uh, real big thanks to Twitch tonight. You guys are awesome. Thanks for asking questions to Maddie and for hanging out as always. So, yeah. So, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Uh, Twitch, I said it. I'll say it again. Twitch, thank you. Uh, listeners, thank you, and a big thank you to Maddie. Yes, thanks, thanks again, Maddie. Thanks, had a great time. Awesome. Mind Gap Podcast.